Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. This week, I can't help but marvel at how God directs us to a place in His Scripture that is applicable to the events of today. In Amen's Bible study class, we're studying the book of Acts. And in our Bible study, we read each chapter line by line and verse by verse. And so this week, we were in chapter 21. However, before we got into chapter 21, our, our instructor uh, reminded us or uh, had us review chapter 19. And I want to highlight just a couple of verses from Acts chapter 19. I want to highlight verses 23 through 29. And again, I, and I'll, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Verse 23. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. The way is what they call Christians in the early church. So again, About that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that when we have our prosperity by this trade, moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, But throughout almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. So, not only is this trade of ours in danger of failing into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Now, when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Astricus and Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. So what do we see here? What we see here is that a silversmith named Demetrius had stirred up a riot against Paul and the people who were traveling with him. And they stirred the people up and they caused the people to riot because Paul was teaching what Paul was teaching had caused the people of Ephesus and throughout almost all of Asia to stop worshiping the goddess Diana. Demetrius, the silversmith and the other craftsmen were making a very good living per his own words, right? Off of making and selling these shrines of Diana. And they were going to basically be ruined if um, Paul's teachings were to take hold. And so they just couldn't let that happen. And so that was going on. Now, Paul is preaching the truth or teaching the truth, but now he's messing with people's profit. So they raised up a riot and they seized Paul's travel companions. Verse 20 goes to recount all of the different cities that Paul had entered into, preaching the gospel and how many people had given their lives to the Lord. And so then we come to verse 21, right? 
or chapter 21, I should say. So chapter 21, chapter 21, Paul is urged several times by believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord had told these people to tell Paul, do not travel to Jerusalem. And so these people, they were telling the truth. They weren't false prophets. They weren't uh, false evangelists. They were literally telling Paul the truth by what the Holy Spirit had told them. And so when they spoke these things to Paul, they were speaking out of concern for his health and his safety and his well-being. However, Paul knew what his assignment was, so he would not be dissuaded from going to Jerusalem. And so at the end of it, all of them trying to prevent him from going to, to Jerusalem, they said, well, the will of the Lord be done. So here we are now. Paul actually winds up in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 21. Let's pick up at verse 27. So now, when the seven days were almost ended, The Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, this is Paul, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, the law and this place. And furthermore, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian with him in the city, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was disturbed, and the people ran together, seized Paul, and dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were closed. Now they were seeking to kill him when news came to the command of the garrison that all of Jerusalem was in an uproar. So now what, what's going on here? So now some Jews from the province of Asia, they recognize Paul. And so they see Paul in the temple and they aroused or they stirred up a mob against Paul. This mob grabbed Paul and they were yelling, men of Israel, help us. This is the man who preaches against our people everywhere. Okay, now they're exaggerating. They're saying Paul is preaching against their people everywhere. He's telling everybody to disobey the Jewish laws. That's what they were just saying. And he speaks against the temple. And he even defiles his holy temple by bringing Gentiles. Now, here's the thing. What the scripture tells us is they made an assumption that he brought a Gentile in the temple because earlier in that day they had seen Paul with Trophimus, a Gentile from Ephesus, and they assumed that Paul had taken him into the city. So this whole city was rocked by all these accusations that were stirred up all of them false, of course, and a great riot followed. And so they literally, when the Bible said they laid hands on Paul, it wasn't to bless him. They literally laid hands on him, grabbed him and dragged him out of the temple and they were going to kill him. And so what happened was, um, all of the word of this commotion or this riot had reached the commander of the Roman regiment about this uproar that was going on in Jerusalem. In essence, all you know what was breaking loose. And so here's the truth of the matter, though. None of the accusations against Paul were true. The Jews, here here was the disconnect. The Jews were still teaching that salvation comes through the law and through circumcision. Paul was teaching that salvation comes through Jesus Christ and him alone. And so Paul was telling the Jewish leaders, hey, you're putting an undue burden and unnecessary burden on the people by having them to try to keep the law. Paul was saying salvation comes through Jesus and him alone. So don't put all these undue burdens on the on the people. And of course, this obviously didn't sit well with the Jewish leaders. And so now I hear you saying, "Okay, Tony, but what does this have to do with today? Well, 
We don't have to go back very far. um, We don't have to go back further than earlier this week to see what happens when tragedy happens in our society. Earlier this week in a place called Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, we know the story of a young man, a young 20 year old man by the name of Dante Wright, who was shot by a police officer. Right. Um, in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. And as I've stated in previous podcasts, I absolutely support our First Amendment right to protest. And much to the credit of the people in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, the protests this week have been, for the most part, isolated to the police station, right outside the police station, and for the most part have been very peaceful demonstrations. However, let's uh, just go back a few months ago towards last year and last summer in particular. Last year, uh, the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, we saw many peaceful protests, no doubt about it. And as a matter of fact, I participated in one um, in my local city. However, we also saw many of the rallies and protests devolve into rioting, looting, and destruction of private property of individuals who had nothing to do with George Floyd or Breonna Taylor's death. And many of the rioters and the looters, just like in Acts 19, were only in it for the profit, only in it for what material goods they could get uh, for themselves. We've seen images of people um, burning down electronic stores, looting high-end stores, and just taking the goods. Again, not really concerned about George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, but only concerned about what they could get for themselves. And then others, like in Acts 21, just got caught up in the hysteria, just got caught up in the frenzy or the madness and the emotion of the moment. And so in Acts, the people were sincere in their actions. The problem was they were sincerely wrong. They got caught up in the emotion and the hysteria of what the Jewish leaders were telling them about Paul without doing their own investigation and coming to their own conclusions about what Paul was teaching. And so, again, that's not such a far stretch for us today. Right. The main point here and what I really want to emphasize is that we should not allow the mob hysteria or the mob mentality to dictate our actions as believers. If we're unsure about what we are to do, let's go to the word of God. One thing is for certain. If we don't know um, what to do, if we're unclear about whether the Holy Spirit is speaking to us or not, let's go to his word. His word is a clear roadmap to what God's intentions are. And also it gives us a clear insight into God's character. So if we are to do anything or if we are asked to do anything or to be involved in anything, we know that it cannot be contrary, number one, to the word of God. And number two, it cannot be contrary to the character of God. And Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter one, verse eight. Paul says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed, right? Chances are, if we are following an angry mob, is most likely not God's way. Well, why do you say that, Tony? Again, let's go to the scripture. Let's go to the word. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 reads, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Right. 
And so the scripture, this scripture here reminds me of one of the greatest examples in all of human history where the mob really got it wrong. If you guys will recall, it is literally just two weeks ago from the actual recording of this podcast that we were commemorating Good Friday. Good Friday in terms of what Christ did for us on Calvary. So let's go back. I want to read a couple of verses here from Matthew just to set the tone. If, in case you don't remember um, what that atmosphere was on that Good Friday. Matthew chapter 27, verses 15 through 24. Now, at the feast the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. He being Pilate. Pilate knew they had handed Jesus over because of envy. Continue verse 19. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with that just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and elders. Y'all hear that? But the chief priest and elders persuaded the multitude that they should seek to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They said to him, let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but that rather that a tumult or an uproar was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. Just because the crowd is in a frenzy. That doesn't mean that the action is right. We as believers must be careful not to allow our emotions or the frenzy or the enthusiasm or the height or the intensity of the crowd to pull us into a movement or actions that don't bring glory to God. And I'm not just talking about a physical crowd, right? The mob can be uh, our traditional outlets like the radio or TV. More importantly now, particularly in this generation, the mob can also include our digital and social media outlets like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook. All of them, all of them are designed to stir up emotions and stir up feelings in us and cause us to do something. But here's the challenge. We can't allow our race, our ethnicity, our religious affiliation, our sex, our socioeconomic status, whether a Democrat or Republican or any other factor supersede who we are in Christ. What he did for us at Calvary was way too precious and way too costly for us to do something that would not bring glory and honor to him just because we got caught up, quote unquote, in the heat of the moment. And usually when we do things in the heat of the moment, there are regrets 
There are things that we regret when we go the way of the crowd. And I'll give two quick examples. Last July, in the summer 2020, in July, in Atlanta, an eight-year-old girl was shot near where where Rayshard Brooks died when her mom... uh, was lost and she was turning around in an area that was illegally barricaded by the crowd and somebody in the crowd just opened up fire into the car and killed this eight-year-old girl. How about earlier this year, January 6th of 2020, uh, 2021, when the uh, protests in Washington, D.C. turned into rioting and rioters attacked the nation's capital and five people wound up dead as a result of that? You see, We must refuse the urge to go the way of the crowd simply because it appeals to our natural instincts or our natural tendencies. And what do I mean by that? So for me as an African-American man or as a black man, I cannot support a movement or a person or a candidate just because they're black or just because it appeals to my my blackness. You see, an example of that would be I cannot agree that all white people are racist any more than I can agree that all black people are shiftless and lazy. Right. The bottom line here is that our actions need to be guided by the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us and not dictated by the mob that is outside of us. And John 119 reads this way. So then, my beloved brethren, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. This is wise advice for the times in which we are living today. You see, we're living in a time, we're living in a climate, we're living in a society where everyone wants to be or is identified as part of some underprivileged or disadvantaged group. I'm black. I'm Hispanic. I'm a woman. I'm Asian. I'm, di- I'm a veteran. I'm disabled. I'm a student. I'm elderly. You name it. You put whatever the group somebody wants to identify you as a part of. But the long and the short of it is, is that we know that prejudice and racism and bigotry and sexism and misogyny and ageism and you put whatever your ism is there. We know that it exists. That is a foregone conclusion that is given. However, instead of um, instead of identifying with being a member of a, a class or a victim or a victim class, we need to remember who we are and who we identify with. And we should focus on that and not solely focus on this class of being um disadvantaged or not focused on this class of being underprivileged because again we have to acknowledge that these isms exist that is the the sin nature that they exist however we must acknowledge these societal ills there is no doubt about that but again we cannot focus solely on them what we should focus on instead is what does the word say to us who are in Christ what does the word say to us romans 3 uh, romans 8:37 reads yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so it doesn't really matter what the it is. The word of the Lord says yet in all these things. And if you go back and you read before that, it talks about peril and tribulation and persecution and all of that. But the word of the Lord says in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so I am all about taking action. 
The challenge is I just need to be sure that the action that I'm taking is the right action for the right motive. Again, let's go back and Acts chapter 19, they were taking action, but the motive was wrong. It was an unjust motive. It was a profit motive. In Acts chapter 21, they were taking action. The problem is they were taking action on some wrong information about the apostle Paul. You see, at the end of the day, I cannot allow anyone or anything distract me from who I am in Christ. At the end of the day, family, you cannot allow, we cannot allow anyone or anything to distract us from who we are in Christ. And more importantly, for the purpose for which he has placed us here on this earth. So let's be mindful of that. Let's not just be one who jumps in with the crowd and jumps in with the mob. Even when we see injustice, we have to say, let us step back. The word of the Lord in James says, let us then, my beloved brother, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak and slow to wrath. And then we can be guided by what action we need to take and making sure that that action is an action that the Lord would be pleased with, an action that would bring glory and honor to God and to his kingdom and that he would be glorified in the earth. So I challenge you, even as this coming Monday, uh, the case of Derek Chauvin, the police officer who was accused of killing um, George Floyd, his case will be going to the, the, the prosecution and the defense will be given their closing arguments this Monday. And I would encourage us just to be in prayer, even however the verdict turns out, that we be in prayer as to what we should do and how we should respond and how we should react. Because, again, we are believers. Our bodies are not our own. Our lives are not our own. They were bought with a price. And that price was too precious for us to just live it any old kind of way and to react any old kind of way. At the end of the day, we should want God to get the glory out of the actions that we take in our lives. So remember, family, preach the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.